Hey guys, it's Nathan. This is episode 69 of The Nathan Seward Show. The Nathan Seward Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life. Welcome to the show, guys. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I've just been in London for the weekend, just got back to Berlin, and it's just one week to go before we take a group of entrepreneurs up to Norway for our adventure. We managed to fill that adventure, which I'm super proud of, and it's going to be a great time. We've booked this incredible lodge right up on the Arctic Circle. Uh, We're going to go hunt those northern lights, and hoping people are just going to have a great time up there. It's all come together really well. Make sure you look out for our next adventure. If you go to my website, nathanseward.com slash adventure, you can uh, see all the adventures that we've got coming up. The next one, I think, will be in New Zealand in the last week of January and would be a great chance for you to plan and do some visionary work for 2019 with a bunch of cool people and a really cool place. So don't forget to check that out. Uh, I'd like to welcome my guest today, Yannick Silva. Yannick, welcome. Hey, Nathan. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. And you know a little bit about adventures. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the adventure side too. I think uh, I think all of entrepreneurship is actually an adventure. So yeah, I, I always talk about adventures uh, when you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> that's everything. That's that's our whole lives. That's life. Yeah, <laughs> if we can be okay with that. That's that's probably the most powerful way that we can show up. Yeah, exactly. Just look at life as an adventure. Yeah. Um, Thank you for joining me. I know you're a really busy man, so I appreciate you taking the time to come and do this. Pleasure. We were just talking before the show, and I said I found you a couple of months ago because somebody recommended your Maverick Adventures for me to check out. And then I thought, who is this Yannick guy? He's got this amazing adventure series that he runs. You get lots of entrepreneurs together in lots of different ways and do kind of retreats and that sort of thing. But there's something a lot deeper to you when it comes to entrepreneurship. Uh, and I figured out we were very aligned. You have a model that's called the evolved enterprise model. Right. And I've mentioned you on a few podcasts episodes, so people will be probably familiar with that term because I love it. But it's about uh, basically business for good, using business as a vehicle to do good, not just this idea of giving back. We can maybe talk about what giving back is and why that's not the best phrase, Uh, but doing business for good, being in business for reasons to either help people, help communities, help the planet, and how that can be uh, just a great way to do business. Can you tell us a little bit about what led you to this point and what made you so passionate about that type of entrepreneurship? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a journey. It's been an adventure like like everything. And um, I mean, I think the story really starts about 10 years ago when I was... um, you know, pretty well known in the digital marketing space, online marketing world, doing really well, making a lot of money, great family, great reputation, which isn't that easy to do in the online space. Sure. But, you know, I kind of just asked myself this very simple yet profound question, I guess, which is, you know, am I happy? And am I happy? Would I be happy doing what I'm doing 10 years from now? And if I was really honest, the answer was no. And so that led me to explore, okay, it was, it was close, right? Because I was helping a lot of people kind of take their expertise, their knowledge, and and put it out into the world in a bigger way and and create financial independence for themselves. But it wasn't the end-all, be-all. And then so that led me to do a lot of exploration, a lot of journaling. And I'm like, okay, I'm happiest when I'm hanging out with other cool entrepreneurs. We're doing cool experiences and unique things together. And we're, there's some way that we're you know giving, that we're serving in some way. So I combined all that together into something called Maverick Business Adventures. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is sort of my, the thing that's going to make me incredibly happy. And then uh, it was a very interesting sideways journey because it turned into like about $400,000, sort of a bonk on the head when my wife's like, what the hell are you doing? 
because the business model wasn't right. My passion for the publishing company had been waning because I wasn't interested really in that and inspired by that anymore. And so that had the open checkbook to keep writing the checks to, to do all these things. But the, you know, it forced me in two things. One was my greater why. And the why was, you know, am I just building an adventure travel company? If that was the case, then that wasn't my big why. And, and the why really became changing the way business is played. And then the second piece was it led me to have all these different relationships and find the different pieces of the puzzle, the framework of Evolved Enterprise. So that's, you know, everything from hanging out and with uh, people like, like Richard Branson to other well, less well-known people, but who had lots of pieces to this whole idea of business for good and, and business make a difference in the world, like Ari Weinswig from a company called Zingerman's or Tony Shea from Zappos, all about culture. And so all these pieces really came together. And I'm like, there's a, there's something here. And and when we finally figured that out, actually, we we improved our profits 800 some percent by actually applying these principles to what we were doing. So it's good for business. It Well, yeah. And that's the, that's the best part about the Evolved Enterprise concept. And it goes by a lot of different names, triple bottom line business, uh, you know, for benefit companies, conscious capitalism, whatever it is. I mean, it's all roughly in the same genre, but it is good for business. And that's what makes it almost like you have to suspend belief for a little while or disbelief for a little while and, and be like, okay, could I actually do well? Can I do something that gives me more meaning, more joy, more happiness, you know, has a greater impact in the world and is actually good for my company? gets our team members aligned in a greater way, gets them really aligned in a, for the greater purpose of what the company is all about. And then also gets your customers to want to buy more because they're aligned with that. And it really truly builds a community. So it's really powerful when you start doing that. And it, I talk about moving from a transactional company to a transformational company to even a, a company that transcends what the business even is. And that's when it gets really exciting. There's a million different ways we can go yeah. with this. I want to backtrack just because uh, just to learn a little bit more about you. I know this is a place people find themselves in either before they get into business or with their own business. That idea of getting bored with your business. Yeah. Or having a business that's maybe financially successful, but that you hate. How did you just navigate that period? If you could give us a little bit more detail about that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. And, um, you know, there, there was almost like there's two paths that you could go on at that point. So, you know, at the beginning spot, it's like everything's, you know, I had, sort of everything that I touched or put out there was, you know, it just worked. There wasn't a real, a lot of thinking to it. It was just like whatever inspired me, that was the next sort of product or course or whatever it was. And then when I really sat down and thought, okay, what are the pieces that would make me truly happy? It, it was where, where did that question come from? Like, why did you go down that route? I mean, to me, that that's like almost, what, what do we all really at the end of the day, what do we really want? I yeah. want to be happy, but to me, happy is kind of fleeting, right? Happy could be eating an ice cream cone and then that, that that's gone, but it's not. And then if you eat more ice cream cones, it's definitely not going to make you happy. It's going to give you a, a stomach ache. It's declining uh, returns. Or something. Yeah. But, but to me, you know, it's really about, about joy because you can be quote unquote unhappy and still be joyful because you're putting out everything that you were meant to do. Like you were designed for something and, and then you're actually fulfilling on that part. So that was, um, that was part of that question of, I guess, exploration. And now my, my questions have actually gotten more refined. So as entrepreneurs that go through those periods, like some of my favorite questions were, what would you do even if you knew it would fail? And so this is kind of crib from Brené Brown from her book, uh, Dare Greatly. Mm-hmm. And, and that to me is one of my favorite questions because everyone's heard this question of, you know, if you had six months to live, what would you do? Or if you, you know, even if you couldn't fail, what would you do? But I, I think those are partly the wrong question because this idea of 
what would you do even if you knew it would fail, quote unquote, it takes away the attachment of, of it working. And it's just purely what would you put your full heart and soul into regardless of the outcome? And it's a very, um, you know, it's, it's kind of based on the Bhagavad Gita in a way with this whole old spiritual text around, you know, that you're only entitled to, to your labor and not the fruits of your labor. And if you can truly put your heart and soul into something, then that's the reward in and of itself. And now it gets more complicated, though, as an entrepreneur, because so many times we're identified with our, our company's success. We're identified with our bank account. Like that's, so we really have to work on, and this is a period for me to really work on separating out my personal self-worth from my net worth. And Have you managed to do that? Yeah, I, I believe I have. Yeah. Awesome. And it's, uh, that feels like an ongoing process. It, it is an ongoing yeah. process where you're not beholden to your external success or validation for your own internal worth. And, and it's, it's pretty, I mean, it, it really, like that period really took me to, uh, and the, the playbook had changed for me. It was like, it wasn't the same stuff that would work because I could have easily gone back. It was almost like you had the golden handcuffs over here. It'd yeah. be easy to go back and, and just do what I had already known. And, but I felt like almost like my soul would have died a little bit every single day by not pursuing it and going into the unknown, as we talked about the adventure, but knowing that was where my heart was and just being okay, trusting that it would be figured out. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to navigate there because it wasn't like I'm, um, I don't know, single, nomadic you know, living in a one bedroom apartment anymore, you know, wife, kids, you know, all, all sorts of different things. So it'd, responsibility. Yeah, it'd be easy to be like, oh, I should go back to this because it's, it's the, it's the playbook that's worked. But I really feel like you have to follow what your heart's telling you. And I, and I love this idea of, of following and aligning like, like with your head. So your business side and, and the marketing side and all that, but also your heart impact that you want to make in the world. And then also your highest purpose. Mm. You know, what were you really designed to do? And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to misconstrue and create this like rags to riches, back to rags, back to riches kind of story, because that wasn't the case. I mean, we still have a, a nice sizable nest egg, but my wife is very security conscious of that right. nest egg was kind of, you know, off limits. We're not going to go, you know, she could really extrapolate very quickly that we were going to be out of the house and, and, and homeless somewhere, but that wasn't ever the case and it wouldn't be, but there, there was a lot of navigating around okay, there's something here and it's not working. Like, do I throw in the towel or do I keep trying to figure out what is that, what is that thing? And I love, there's a, there's a Hindu deity, uh, Ganesh, you know, deity essentially of, um, of obstacles, the placer of obstacles and the remover of obstacles. And I love the idea of just thinking about, okay, if something's not working right, maybe that obstacle is placed in your way on purpose so that it forces you to relook at things this way and then go the other way. And that's really showing up as your greatest work. And, and I see that now looking back, like this was probably one of my biggest areas of, of growth. And I had already thought I was a, a fairly evolved conscious individual, but this really took it to, I think, a different spot. Yeah, business can be a very spiritual experience, kind of. Like it, you can really use it for growth. Yeah, I, I think all of life, right? But, but business even more so is... They're, they're, it's a total spiritual journey. And one of my favorite recent books, I've reread it now like seven, eight times, is uh, The Surrender Experiment by Michael yeah, Singer. My favorite book. That's right. And it's great, right? Uh, so I've read Untethered Soul. I started reading that first and I was like, well, that was hard. Pretty heady, yeah. And then 
went to that one and then went back to Untethered Soul. So I've read that now seven, eight times and, and love both of them. But what I love about Surrender Experiment was it's really part of it, or at least the, the last parts of it are in the context of business. And, and he you know, just surrendering. To a, yeah, he built a, a very sizable, incredible business by just following this flow of life. And to me, it's is so powerful. But he said that that was the biggest spiritual growth for him was just letting all those pieces of, of business entrepreneurship just open up his heart and, and open up you know, all the pieces that were kind of remaining of his spiritual journey. Yeah, I, I had some uh, cash flow issues a couple of months ago and I hadn't had that for a long time. And I was like, huh, this is really painful and scary as it is most entrepreneurs will go for it usually a few times. And it taught me so much gratitude for the wealth that I'd already created. And I realized that I was always grateful, but kind of, it felt a bit forced. Mm. But then all of a sudden I'd been in a space where it's like all of the things that I took for granted in terms of the financial health of the business were questioned. And then it's like, oh, actually, I'm really grateful for the money that's come in so far from my clients. Right. And what an incredible lesson, right? A life lesson to be given that level of gratitude for something. It's it's incredible. I mean, it's also also like the story of the prodigal son who you know, goes out and then returns back and his father welcomes back even more and says, like, you know, I almost I love you even more. So it's like, yeah. us, you know, we don't even know what we have sometimes. And it forces sometimes it's the losing of it and coming back to it in a more conscious way of being grateful and, and feeling that that awe and, and gratitude uh, and appreciation. And it, it opens it up in a whole different way. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And it uh, it forced me to think about things differently. Like I was so grateful for it. One of my beliefs, similar to what you were saying, is that everything that happens to me is for my greatest good or right. is a growth opportunity, kind of similar to what you were saying. And that's been a fantastic lens for me. I was just mentioning it to a client today that just is such a more empowering way to look at things. Instead of feeling like a victim, you can go, okay, what's what's this here to teach me? Yeah. What's this moment here to teach me? It, it is. It's uh, I mean, everything is all about how do we frame it, right? What is the meaning of it? Uh, one of my friends, Chip Conley, wrote this great book called Emotional Equations. And it was like these mathematical equations. And uh, it's something between when, when your meaning is increased, your suffering has, is reduced. And I think there's a third part of that equation too. But, but really, it's like as you gain meaning, and, and it's the whole, you know, he took that inspiration from Viktor Frankl, who survived the Nazi concentration camp, and he wrote uh, Man's Search for Meaning. But this idea of when you have greater meaning, then everything that happens to you, no matter how terrible it might seem has a greater purpose and and then mm. you have a you know this this bigger reason why for it you mentioned appreciation nathan like when you're going through some cash flow stuff and i think this might be an interesting story for for listeners or people that, that check this out so one of the things that happened along this journey was i sold my aston martin and it was kind of you know paying for for bills and different things and you know a lot of people in you know, some of the circles that I ran in, the car was sort of representative of, of your success, right? Right. And I think it, it's changed a bit lately. You know, there's probably something you can point to that that is, you know, whether it's the expense of the trips or that you go on or the the house or the, you know, whatever it is, there's some context that, that represents that. And so for me, you know, I had kind of got a new sports car, a new hot car, you know, as, as different levels of success kind of came and so selling the Aston Martin was almost like a, you know, a really painful aspect in some ways. And then in other ways, it was like, okay, well, it's just a car. It's not a big deal. Yeah. 
so I was driving, we had a, a third car, which is like kind of a slightly beat up, like MDX SUV. That was always the third car. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I could easily, you know, again, like I said, it wasn't, we weren't like down to zero or anything like that. So I easily could have, let's say, leased another hot luxury car or something. If I wanted to keep up pretenses that, that everything is fine. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to really just, you know, notice the impact of it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to embrace all of this. And it took a little while. And then finally I noticed the appreciation around even just appreciating the MDX. I was like, you know, I can park this thing anywhere. You know, I, I was just really just appreciating every part about it where, you know, it's like, oh, it has so much more, uh, so much more space than my ass than <laughs> to, to lunch stuff around it. Because I play ice hockey and, and I coach my kid. It has, uh, you know, I, I can just throw anything in there. My paddle boards when I go paddle boarding on the river, like, you know, no big deal. Think about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't have to get a detailed like every other week and, you know, worry about where I parked the ass, you know, all these things. And then when that happened, it actually opened up the space for me to get a new car and, and get a new car that really felt like exactly who I was. And, and so I, I, I much more go now on, on intention and what, what's the essence of what I want. And, and so the intention around that was a car that really just made me feel happy when I got in it, that really fit my personality and, and kind of represented who I was in it. Like originally way back in my journal, I had written, I wanted a Fisker Karma car, right? And, What's that? And it's a, it was like a interesting, like hybrid car. So it was right around the same time. Tesla the Roadster okay. is uh, the guy who was the designer for Aston Martins went off on his own. Henrik uh, Fisker and decided created this really beautiful, gorgeous car called the Fisker Karma, and and so I had originally written way back that I wanted this thing, and and then looking back, I'm like glad I never got it because I had all these issues and problems, and so now it, it's actually coming back again. But it was so I, you know when I finally got the the new car, it was it was fully me, and it was also like as an expression of this appreciation of everything that I had. Mm just in that little spot of, of that car that, that I had. Much more representative of who you were. Yeah, yeah. But, but also that extreme sense of gratitude that opened up everything yeah. else. Talking about cash flow and money, I think it is an interesting point because you brought it up in your first story when you said you know money was a little bit tough in the new venture. Yeah. And this is something that I go back and forth with that you made a great point. You don't want to attach your self-worth to your financial uh, success. But also, it's a key component of the business. It's just a key component of the machinery that makes it different from a nonprofit or yeah. a hobby. Well, how so, do you rationalize those two? You know, like one of my one of my mentors, uh, I love what he says, which is essentially this idea that you can't uh, you can't weaken the strong in order to strengthen the weak. And part of that means that us as entrepreneurs, that it's part of our DNA to be as successful as possible, especially when we integrate this impact into what we do in our business so that the greater our success is, the more that we're able to make a difference in the world. Mm. And, you know, there's a couple really good, um, actually the latest book that I'm reading on that is, um, it's something about, it's this guy that created this amazing chocolate company. And, and he talks about, about it's, it's not about the the chocolate, but it is about the chocolate. And, and his whole, a really interesting model where they, where they source their cocoa beans. They actually are in, um, they, they're partners with the farmers. So they mm. get a percentage of, of revenue with the farmers, but also in the area where they source the cocoa beans, they support local schools and have 
lunch programs for the schools and all sorts of things. So they're, you know, they, and his thing is that they can't do all that unless they're, if they're out of business. And, and so it's really up to, up to them to be successful in order to do that. And having, having good financials is, is a key part of that. And, and that's like just woven into their, their entire business model. So just like, looking at it quite pragmatically. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's like the more that we can, we can make, the more we're able to do with it and become good stewards of, of what happens. And it's, it's true. Like we have to have good finances in order to, uh, to do all the things that we want to do. And but then it becomes a, you know, almost like a personal decision of, okay, what's, what's good finances look like? How much is provided for the, the impact side of what we do? How much is provided to our own personal salaries and, 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 profit shares, you know, what's the, what does that look like? And everyone I talk to has a bit of a different answer sure. around that. So it's, it's interesting to, to see, you know, okay, what, what is allocated to what bucket? You also did this, what I would say the right way, not that there's a right or wrong way, but by having that nest egg and also having a ton of skills as well, right? In marketing and stuff before you went into the new venture. Well, I mean, that wasn't like a plan piece. So it's interesting. So a book that I put out a little while ago, way back, was called 34 Rules for Maverick Entrepreneurs. And one of the rules in there was that to bootstrap, because by bootstrapping, it you know forces you to, to be more creative around what you're doing. And I didn't follow that rule. I mean, I didn't have like, okay, I'm going to put $25,000 in to just start this thing and see what yeah. happens. It was like this, this ongoing checkbook. And then... Is it, you'd just fallen out of the habit of bootstrapping? Or? It was just... I cared so much about this thing. I, mm. I was like, you know, I'm going to do it quote unquote right this time because the other one, yeah. the other company, you know, turned into a, a couple million dollar company started from a one bedroom apartment uh, with about a thousand dollars. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I was doing it again, what would I do? I'd, you know, create a much better look and brand to it and the feel and all these things. And, you know, I, I ended up, hiring people I didn't need to, that was too early for where we were and before proving out things. And, you know, a guy that was our sponsorship guy and, and we didn't need a sponsorship guy at that point. We just needed to figure out if the business model was right. And mm. so it, it, there's like, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. And, and we can always give, you know, it's easy to give an excuse and be like, well, I'm not going to follow my passion or my heart to this because uh, I don't have a nest egg. Or, mm. you know, conversely, it's like, oh, I'm too comfortable doing this. Why should I, you know, venture out and, and, I'm going to sacrifice everything that I built before. So I don't, I don't know if there is a, a right way, but I think the wrong way, and that's maybe making it too judgmental, is but not following your heart. Yeah. I think that the, most people that are in my community or listen to this have probably taken the first step and uh, are looking to create a heart-based business or a mission-based business or something more aligned with the evolved enterprise model. But I think I see sometimes a lot of times maybe not having that nest egg and just having a huge amount of pressure. And to me that, I guess it depends on your personality, but they can set up the wrong environment as well. Because when you're trying to do what you love, but you have this massive anxiety about money hanging over you, yeah. Uh, some people it drives them, other people it sinks them. Oh, it's a nice, you know, in, in some ways it's a, it's a really interesting just balance that, that has, to be, has to be navigated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it does force you to, to think about, okay, you know, do I need, you know, what is the dollar amount, right? Almost like Maslow's pyramid. So there's, there's probably a certain dollar amount that 
feeds the security section at the base of the pyramid. Mm. And for us to figure out how to how to get there, how to navigate that does help uh, because then you can really focus on the bigger pieces of that have the greater impact. But you can't sell out your soul to do the things that, you know, require you to maybe get to that that initial dollar amount. So so it is a navigation of, of like a tight wire, wire act of making sure that there's a, a marketplace demand. So that's you know the head part of, of connecting our head and our heart. And then you got your highest purpose, which is telling you, okay, this is what you were designed to do. It's a much bigger thing. And a lot of times it's something that you don't even maybe feel qualified to, to do. And, and you're asking yourself, well, you know, who am I to, to do some of that? And, but, but when you really step into it, you know, all, all these magical things open up. Like I try and teach my kids. Uh, one of the things we, we talk about is make magic. Like these, these ideas of, of like just the universe almost like conspiring to, to help you and work for you when, when you, when you set your intention and you're, and you're on, on the path that you're meant to be. And, and so all these synchronicities open up and the more aware you are of them, the, the more they show up and, and not shutting ourselves off to it. it I think it's also um, like the clearer channel we can become to our higher purpose. And for me, that's through meditation or mindfulness or, or, or yoga, but you know, there's really a lot of ways of getting there. But it's like even the better way that we take care of ourselves through diet, through exercise, like all of that really matters. Yeah, I noticed myself shifting a little bit in this regard that my first career as a pilot, it was I was very vision based. You know, I had an idea and I had a very set goal and there was a very clear outcome of what I wanted to achieve. And I was very had strong intentions and had a um, one of those things called a vision board or whatever, yeah, you know, and really did it that way. And then I noticed now it's more about how do I want my. I kind of achieved that part. I've achieved that part of my life. The next part is how do I want my day to look now? Yeah, I'm not really attached to something off into the future, kind of surrender experiment. Yeah. Yes. But how do I how do I want my day to look? What would making a difference look like day to day? What would making an impact look like? What would make me happy day to day? And so I find myself more about intention yes, yeah, than like attached to this idea of what success is. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly, yeah. What, what I, I've, I've gotten to also, um, I, I actually grabbed the book. I want to make sure that people got the name of that oh, meaningful cool. work. This guy. Uh, so it's been great. Sean Askinell. So, yeah, I, I agree with you that, that the intention to me, intention to me is, is everything. So the, the piece that I, I was referencing about the Fisker Karma was a journal entry of mine, which was like a couple of years before my 40th birthday. And it said, okay, what's my ideal day look like? What's going on in my life, my 40th birthday? And it was, uh, you know, X amount in the bank. It was, it was driving this Fisker Karma. I was going out to dinner with um, like this local business icon and we were celebrating. And, and so uh, you know, my wife looked at it. I showed it. To, I showed it to her, and and she's like, "So, are you upset that that didn't necessarily happen?" It was right on my 40th birthday. I'm like, "No, not really," because each one of those represented something, and the um, like, you know, like the money in the bank represents the freedom to go work on the projects that you want with the people you want when you want. And I feel like I'm I'm pretty much there for the most part. And then the um, the car piece, like I said, I wouldn't have wanted a Fisker Karma anyway because of the issues with it. So at that point, driving around in my uh, my MDX, like just you know, just uh, you know, trying to enjoy that and working on on that piece. 
and then this hanging out with like the celebrity icon or whatever I had actually for my birthday, my 40th birthday, I went to, um, to an unveiling of Virgin Galactic of the new uh, spaceship cool. really on my 40th birthday. So, so I saw Branson there. A few weeks ago, right? Well, that was, so this is the second version. This is the second ship. Right. Uh, this was the first ship way back. And, and there was like 400 future astronauts that were there. So and cool. so, you know, it was a really you know, cool way of spending my birthday. And then like, it was like a week or a week and a half later, I was off to, um, I think Kenya with Branson on a safari with him. So like, I, I couldn't have, like what I wrote in my journal was even smaller than what, what really showed up in many ways. And, uh, and that's also part of the surrender experiment kind of thing. Like the universe has even more in store for you than you do. Mm. And, but when you're, I think when you're in alignment with your intention, then those bigger things can open up for you. And that, that's where it's really powerful. Yeah. I love that because you can set a, a really powerful goal or a really cool idea of what success looks like. And there are plenty of tools in the person right. personal development world to work towards that. But I think what takes a little bit more, probably part of letting go of control, right? Surrender and trusting that if you can let go, then probably there's more magic coming your way than you could even imagine that your tiny brain could come up with. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, even if you said, so like I went through these stages of goal setting where it was, okay, I want, you know, I want to become a millionaire by age 30. And I hit that by age 31. And then it was, I want to hit this whatever goal or better. So that became the new mm. way of opening that up. Yeah. And and now it's really become yeah, the, the intention based, you know, what, what do I, what do I want to feel in my life and, and what does that show up in? And so my daily meditation, I, I have affirmations that I'll, I'll say that are part of this, this piece. And, uh, and you know, what I've come to is everything to me comes down to, I think of myself as, as a catalyst. So catalyzing the catalyst. So other people that have leverage and, and reach and, 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 and voice and influence, like how do I nudge them in different ways that we can share this message of how business can make a difference in the world? How do we nudge their consciousness so they can be, have a bigger ripple in the world? How do I, you know, just do what I love to do, which is brainstorming ideas that have all those facets together and bring together amazing people. So the essence, my intention has always remained the same, actually, which is kind of interesting from Maverick Business Adventures. As I change, the essence was always about growing. Essentially, it was it started as make more, you know, have more fun and, and give more. Mm -hmm. And but that's really remained the same. But now it's really about growing yourself, growing your business, making a difference in the world and, and having some fun in the process. You have a really cool model. You have the, the these kind of circles that expand out to represent the evolved enterprise model. Right. Uh, do you want to explain that a little bit? Should I explain it or try to explain it? Uh, yeah. Sure, you kind of have in the center, the first circle is the self, right? Or yes. yeah. is that what you call it? Yeah, self, yeah right? you. Yeah, you. That's right. Yeah. I it's slightly different. And uh, the next circle is kind of your why, your mission, what you want to achieve. And that's, as a coach, that's where I concern all my work how do how do we go on this exploration of yourself so that we can figure out how to make you who you need to be to become successful yeah and then figure out what is the why what's the mission what's the bigger thing that's going to pull you forward a quick second so this is actually in the middle of the three this is like kind of the dna which is growing this is growing yourself or growing your business and then you got your happiness impact and then your or impact is here and happiness and then you is your personal sort of evolution and then the next 
stage out is what, as you're talking about the why, you know, we have it as, as cause yeah, as cool. a company. And that comes from exploring, you know, the, the deep side of, and, and this is, you know, the fascinating work where it's like digging deep into even like the shadow parts of yourself. Like what mm. do you not want to explore and look at, uh, looking at, you know, discovering your true talents and what, what makes your, your heart sing, looking at your pain that you've, you've come from. And then maybe that opens up and blossoms out into the cause and, and what you want to, what you want to do. One of my coaches says to me, uh, what are you scared your mission might be? <laughs> that's a good <laughs> so, one. Yeah. That's good, right? Yeah. That's a Rich Litvin one. So I have to attribute that to him. Um, Rich Litvin. Uh-huh. And I think there's a lot of that too. It's like, a lot of times we're really passionate about a mission or an idea or uh, a wrong in the world, but it's like, I don't really want to take responsibility for that. Yeah. Or it's, I don't feel like who the heck am I to go do that? Like I'm yeah. just one individual. So this is the end of the model, which is the, um, does that look reversed or does it look the? No, no, that's spot on. Hopefully maybe okay. people can let us know if they can see that. But this is creation. This is how do you bake in the impact of the cause into your product or service? This is the community. These are the customers that are so engaged that it becomes a community of zealots and advocates that want to help mm -hmm. grow your mission. And then this is the culture inside the organization. So the the vision, the uh, the DNA, the core values, you know, what, where you're going. And so all those pieces are really a reflection of some of the great people I've been able to meet and and talk to. And then also a lot of the work that I've done. And and it's it it is a never ending sort of reorganization of it, but it's especially that you piece that you evolving yourself because as you continue growing as a founder you your your vision for what you have and what you put out there and what you're scared of i think increases absolutely yeah and it changes it changes like you, you get comfortable doing things that a year ago you thought you know you were scared to start uh, right right and yes and you're yeah exactly it's like your success you know you're able to uh to see things that you weren't able to see originally though that to me i think like everything everything comes back full circle in a way but it's also evolving up so it's like you know this adventure part that that you're drawn to i bet if you look back on your life there's the pieces of it and it was expressed, yeah but it was expressed in one way and now that mm. as you've evolved up it's expressed in a deeper way that has a greater impact right so like for me I was really into like the pyramids and Stonehenge and all these different things when I was a kid and kind of, kind of shut that down and, 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 you know, just did the business marketing stuff for a while, but I, I was always kind of interested in it, but never did anything. And then at this moment of, you know, what, what was happening, it kind of really forced me to go back into a deeper spiritual exploration. And, and then, I mean, I even, you know, we brought it back into Maverick where in 2012, for the Mayan calendar change, we actually changed the dates of our of our annual summit and moved it to the Mayan Riviera and did it over the entire solstice. So, you know, my team's like, what, what? no one's cool. going to come there, like, you know, four days before <laughs> Christmas. I'm like, yeah, no, we're, we're doing it. They're coming. And we literally spent the night in a Mayan village. And so that, you know, as I've opened up to more of this, like, holistic of everything who I am, it's been, it's been even more powerful. I want to just touch on, before we uh, finish the community aspect, you have a quote that I use a lot, and I can't remember where you wrote it, but you said we're drowning in information and starving for connection, something along those lines. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, we're, we're drowning in content and starving for connection. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and again, it's something I'm passionate about is 
that I saw a list that said when Obama was inaugurated, we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have the iPhone, we didn't have Airbnb, we didn't have Uber, we didn't have PayPal, we didn't have Snapchat, we didn't have Instagram. So everything that we kind of use in our day-to-day life didn't exist 10 years ago. So we're still really trying to get used to connecting in this new kind of semi-virtual world. And I know a lot of people are still feeling connected, but disconnected or lonely or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So communities become like a huge part or just connection actually more than communities become a huge part of my business and my work. And I know you're passionate about that as well. Yeah. I mean, community, um, you know, inside the Evolved Enterprise book, I, I, I put a really good framework, I think, together for building community. And, and there's there's some certainly, you know, it all starts with intention again, but there's definitely tactical pieces that can be created that build and, and, and create community. And it, it really is, um, you know, we have, quote unquote, so many more friends online, but they're, you know, it, we still need that face to face connection and unique experiences, I think, really bond people together in a different way. Right. So like this trip, this this Northern Lights trip, I, I, I guarantee the people that go on that are going to be bonded in a deep way. You know, the other things that you do in that aspect, it's like, you know, there, there's something that really magically happens, not just bring people together, but doing it in a way that that has either a unique experience or a high doesn't even have to be high adrenaline, but just something that that brings them together in such mm. a unique way. And, and you can engineer that in your in your company as well um, when you start thinking of not just customers, but a community that you're with building. With the team? Yeah. Cool. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You use those same pieces with, with the team. So that's on the culture side. And mm. if you do that, then, then you're going to have a team that, that will do anything for you. And, and they, they want to fulfill that mission because they're part of something bigger and they're bonded with each other in a deep way. Mm. Man, I could geek out on this stuff for hours. How did you meet Richard Branson? Uh, Richard and I met through, um, a mutual friend of mine who is a guy named Joe Polish, who was a really great connector and been friends of mine for a long time. And, and so Joe met Richard at a, at a charity dinner, uh, and then was able to figure out a way to, to do a trip to Necker Island. That was a, was a, um, a, a charity donation trip to Virgin cool. Night. And so he invited me originally on my life list was have lunch with Richard, yeah. uh, you know, so again, this is one of those times where the universe has even more in store for you than, than what you have for yourself, right? So Joe called me up. I'm like, yeah, of course. And I can't remember what I paid. It was some pretty large amount to go there. And it was a great time, four or five days. And, uh, and he's like, well, you know, this is fun. I don't think I can do it again. I don't think I can fulfill it. And, and I'm like, well, why don't you and I partner? And, and so I, I, I bring half the people and he bring half the people. We did that for a couple of years. And now we've been running those trips by ourselves. And so it's been like this really nice unfolding of a relationship because, you know, that, that's what Richard cares about in deep ways. How mm-hmm. does business make a difference in the world? Um, cares about the adventure part. He cares about, you know, he loves the, the goofiness and the, and the, you know, we call it maverick mischief and mayhem. And, 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 you know, he loves, he loves that part too. Like, so we, we connect on a, on a lot of different, a lot of different levels, I think for sure. I mean, our last Q and a that we did on the Island, was um, it was all in support of the ocean. We actually ended up sinking an old World War II ship and turning it into an artificial reef. That was a project started a year ago on Necker. Wow. You know, just an amazing an project. Event. Yeah, well, it was amazing. The team that took it and run with it. So, and then they built Burning Man art cars. So they built this gigantic uh, Kraken, like octopus that was on top of the ship. And 
it was it was really cool. So we were able to do that. And and so at our QA, it was a big party in support of the ocean. And so our team got these uh, mermaid tails. And uh, and so that you know they handed one to Richard and then handed <laughs> one to me. And uh, for our interview as we're up there, and he and he's like, he's like, he's like, come on, we have to be you know legit mermen. And he takes off his shirt and I'm like, fine. And so you know that playful side, I think, is is also where where he and I connect in a deep way. He doesn't. He just seems to have no fear when it comes to that stuff. He, uh, you know, as as pretty much what you see is what you get, and that's been right. uh, that's been really great to to see that. You know, if I've been fortunate to meet a lot of. A lot of interesting people like that, and that's not always the case. Super cool. I went uh, sailing in the Virgin Islands about four months ago, and we sailed right around Necker Island. It was one of those yeah. kind of surreal moments. I haven't quite got to my vision board, have lunch with Richard Branson moment yet, but sailing around Necker Island was pretty cool. Well, we can make that happen for you. Awesome. I would love that. Yannick, what's the best way for people to learn more about you? I know uh, we've mentioned both of your books, which are awesome, Evolved Enterprise. I highly recommend it. It's, it's such a great model for anybody that's either starting out a business or wants to move to more towards a mission-based business. It's, you've got some phenomenal frameworks. You've done a, a lot of work putting them together. Yeah, it's a great way of also like falling back in love with your business. And, and you know, when you get to that point of now what? So either starting out and starting from that from the beginning or, as you said, like, you're adding more of that, especially when you have success and you're figuring out, okay, what, what is my highest and best use and expression of what I want to do? Uh, yeah, so Evolved Enterprise, you know, you can buy that from Amazon or, or at evolvedenterprise.com. And then uh, I blog semi-occasionally at yannicksilver.com, Y-A-N-I-K, silver.com. And I would say follow you on Instagram as well because you do these beautiful doodles. We've already had a, a nice uh, <laughs> preview of your doodling, but you yeah. do these really cool things on, on Instagram. Thanks. I'm actually, uh, I'm about to publish it. It's in here. It is nice. part of this, uh, this little, this little experiment of trying every single day so with cool. a different so creative. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, Yannick, thank you for, uh, giving us your time. The, the last question we ask every guest and, uh, it's an invitation to be a little bit vulnerable just to show that you are human, even though you, uh, have these cool businesses and you run around sinking ships with Richard Branson. Um, and we always ask our guests, what's your dark side? Uh, like what's what's the part of you that you're still working on or the part of you that you have to watch out for or that you have to, you know, find ways to embrace in healthy ways? Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this whole exploration, you know, there's a lot of that that, that I explored and, and continue to uncover. Uh, I think the one thing that's, you know, there's probably two things that that I continue working through. One is uh, putting 100% in, like putting your full heart and soul into something. Because if, you know, for many times it was pretty easy to, to get a lot of great results without doing that. And then if it didn't work out, then I always had that small excuse. Well, you know, I didn't do everything I could. So that was the right. whole idea of going back to, again, like the not being attached to the, to the fruits of the labor, right? So the, the, the labor being, being that. So the book Evolved Enterprise is really one of the first sort of like put my full heart and soul into it. And my wife asked me how many copies do I want to sell to feel successful about it. I'm like, honestly, zero. And that was, that was huge. Mm. Uh, the other piece is, as I said, my greatest expression is being a catalyst and catalyzing the catalyst. So watching out for simply starting stuff and not, not uh, finishing them. And is there anything like, uh, like for me, I, I can get, Derek Sivers called it like uh, trying to create a business to impress Harvard MBAs, <laughs> you know? And so I noticed that, if I can sometimes get into like a proving mode, that's a bit of a dark side for me 
where instead of doing what I love and just creating a business that suits me, I try to create this impressive business. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have any, any like, proving uh, or anything? Or? Who, you, who do you think you're trying to prove it to? Definitely my uncle because my uncle's a super successful business person. And so I always want to have like a really fancy business with a board of directors and you know, that looks like businessy. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing I have to work on and I, I, I have to catch myself if I'm in proving mode or, or not. It's usually when I'm not having fun. Yeah. I don't have that. I mean, so my dad was an entrepreneur and you know, I think maybe I had some of that originally. I worked for him for a long time. Mm. Uh, in the family business and he wanted me to take it over and I thought that's what I was going to do but then ended up going on my own in the online world so I think there was maybe a little bit about that early on about he him not understanding what the heck it was that I did but knowing that it was something and and so yeah I think I think that was originally maybe maybe part of it is just just getting to a spot that that he would be like oh yeah okay he's I understand yeah, he, yeah, or he's been able to 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 make it work and 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 been able to do it. But I don't have a real um, a real need to say, okay, I need to build like a billion dollar company or a hundred million dollar company or whatever. And even though I hang out with a lot of people that have some very interesting big companies, but but it does fall back into this idea of putting a hundred percent in, right? So if putting a hundred percent in means building the hundred million dollar company, I'd be okay with that as a byproduct. But it's not my it's not my driving force. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's really, uh, yeah, it's really insightful. I appreciate you uh, opening up for us. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, Yannick, again, thanks for coming on. It's been awesome. I, I could uh, jam on this. Is, you know, you and I are very, very aligned in, in what we believe in our business ethos, so I could talk about this for hours. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. I hope you'll come uh, back again. Okay, thanks, Nathan. Appreciate cool. it. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in as always. Go and check out Yannick, yannicksilver.com. Follow him on Instagram. Get the Evolved Enterprise book. And if you love the episode, share it around. Uh, Let somebody know that uh, you think this might help, that Yannick and I have been chatting about this type of uh, stuff to do with entrepreneurship. And I will love you guys forever. Uh, Thank you, guys. I'll be back next week with episode number 70 of the Nathan Seward Show. That was The Nathan Seward Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life.